So John told me, he's like, I got I'm going to do a children's sermon. And I'm like, okay, I'll show that clip. <laughs> for, those of, uh, for those of you who we haven't had the pleasure to, of meeting, uh, my name is Chris Kimston. I'm the Young Adult Admissions Minister here at Lutheran Church of Hope, Des Moines. Special welcome to you again. You'll be very welcomed by the end of this service. A welcome to you if you're new. I would actually like to start uh, this morning with a question. Think in your own life. Have you ever known someone who has really good intentions, they have a really good heart, they have some passion, uh, but at some point in, the, in their life, the brokenness that they've had in their past gets in the way? The way that they've been hurt in the past has kind of got them stuck, has kind of kept them in place. And no matter how good their intentions are, how hard they've tried, that past kind of follows them a little bit. It kind of gets them stuck. Think about that person. And we'll get back to that in just a few minutes. But first, we're in the middle of a series right now where we're looking at movies each week. And the movie this, uh, this week is Black Panther. Now, Black Panther is just another one of the uh, Marvel Avengers series movies. Uh, basically, over the last decade and a half, if you're not a superhero movie person, over the last decade uh, and a half, there have been like 22 movies that all came to a culmination in Avengers Endgame, which was that big film that came out a couple weeks ago that everybody made a big deal about. So that's what they were talking about in case, uh, in case you have been living under a rock. So there you go. Um, now, oh, no, no, no. If, I'm not saying you have to have seen it. I'm just saying, very popular, and we'll get to that as well. You see, the thing is, Black Panther is uh, about a movie, or is about a character who also, like a lot of Marvel movies, uh, started out as a comic book character. Now, uh, who has seen this movie? Raise your hand if you've seen Black Panther. So this is, this is what I found is true. Go ahead and put them down. Um, they, it's about half and half, we've found, of who has seen this movie and who hasn't. So for those of you who haven't, here's the basic premise. Uh, the gentleman by the name of T'Challa, um, the king, you see on the right there, uh, T'Challa is the prince of a nation in Africa called Wakanda, and he's just become the king. Now, it's a fictional nation of Wakanda, and everybody thinks that Wakanda is this third-world like farming community because that's all they can really see. But in reality, they are one of the most technologically advanced civilizations in the world. Because they're technologically advanced, they basically have this barrier between them and the rest of the world that basically makes their, their major city invisible. And the reason they're doing this is because their city sits on a giant deposit of this material called vibranium. It's the stuff that makes their medicine uh, super effective. It makes their technology advanced. And they're afraid uh, that the rest of the world is going to come in, take this precious, uh, priceless thing, and turn it into weapons. And so they're basically the gatekeepers of this material. Now, the Wakandans are peaceful, they're smart, and have developed a culture outside the bounds of European colonization. Oh, yeah, and their king is also a superhero that has superpowers and a suit made out of the stuff. So that's also kind of sweet. Uh, so T'Challa's uh, alter ego, as he protects his people and sometimes the world, is Black Panther. That's where the movie comes from. That's the, the main gist of the movie. Now, when this movie came out, it not only became one of the most popular movies of the year, it became one of the most successful superhero films of all time. This movie has made over $1.3 billion, billion with a B, $1.3 billion at the box office, and was the ninth highest grossing film 
ever of like any movie that's ever come out, it made the ninth most. It was the second highest grossing uh, film in the world and the one that beat it out, he was also in that one because it was Avengers. So it was a, 2018 was a good year for Black Panther. But beyond that, the movie was most notable because of its critical acclaim. In the 21st century, a fact of the matter is, is that there are a lot of superhero movies. We all love superhero movies, that's what it is. Um, but a lot of people uh, liked this movie, critics enjoyed this movie and saw the value in it, uh, beyond just being a fun action movie that um, a lot of had been critiqued before. Now, you might be thinking to yourself, Chris, superhero movies aren't really my thing. Chris, last time you preached, you talked about Batman. Do you only do superhero movies? Here's the thing. All of Hope is doing this one. They told me to do this one, so don't blame me. Also, somebody came up to me after the last, a couple weeks after the last sermon. They were like, hey, I'm not a superhero person, but I watched all of the Dark Knight movies after we did that, and I thought they were sweet. So I haven't steered you wrong yet, and this is another one that even if it's typically not your thing, you might want to make an exception for. Now... The reason that this movie uh, was critically acclaimed was because it, uh, it did a lot of really great things with details. All, everything from the way that people spoke to the way that people dressed uh, uh, comes from the real world in the continent of Africa. And another reason the film gained critical acclaim was that the, this movie acknowledged the plight of many systematically disenfranchised people across the world and in the United States and sought to shed light on many of the problems that minority people face today. And this happened in an action superhero movie. So, because of elements like these, Black Panther became the first superhero film ever to be nominated for Best Picture at the Academy Awards. And it became the first Marvel movie ever to win an Academy Award. Actually, it won three. Now, it's a big movie. But you might be thinking to yourself, like, Chris, why do we care? Um, the thing is, is... The reason we're talking about Black Panther today, because there's a lot of things that you could say about this movie, a lot of things that are true that we don't have time to get to. Um, we're talking about how this plays into a series that we've uh, started already, looking at its use of wisdom. Looking at its use of wisdom. We're in the middle of this thing we call the Year of the Bible, 12 books and 12 Months And so every month we've looked, in 2019, All of Hope has been looking at specific books. And this month, we are looking at the, in May, we're looking at the book of Proverbs. Have you been looking, as you've been like flipping through the Bible this month, um, looking at the book of Proverbs, or even listening to the, uh, to the scripture reader, you might be thinking, this is like a little bit different than other books that I've experienced before. A lot of books that people are familiar with in the Bible they're like, they're narrative stories, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, that we're used to them telling a story the way we're used to hearing it. Other books in the Bible, we're used to letters, uh, Galatians, Ephesians, Romans. These read like letters because that's exactly what they were. Uh, they were letters from a guy named Paul to a bunch of Christian communities in the area. We're also used to poems, sad poems like the book of Lamentations or the book of Psalms, which covers the entire human spectrum of emotion. But you see, it's just a little bit different than that with uh, Proverbs. You see, what's interesting about the book of Proverbs is that it's different in the way that it is, essentially it contains recorded little passages of wisdom and talks about what wisdom truly is. Now, for those of you who are listening on the podcast, I'm putting wisdom in air quotes 
Because wisdom is a word, is a concept that we use so often in culture. It's been used so many different ways that oftentimes we might be left wondering what real wisdom really is. It might have even been a little cliched to the point where you're wondering if it means anything at all. So during this series, All of Hope has been looking and exploring what it looks like to have wisdom within the context of our lives, looking at the book of wisdom itself, Proverbs. The thing I would like to suggest to us uh, this lovely morning here uh, at the end of May is that wisdom leads us to Jesus, and Jesus makes us whole. Wisdom leads us to Jesus. I promise I'm not trying to become a rapper. Wisdom leads us to Jesus, and Jesus makes us whole. And we'll unpack that. Now, this movie Black Panther is really interesting because what it does is it shows us two separate paths to a problem. What's interesting about this movie that's different than a lot of superhero movies is that the protagonist and the antagonist, yes, a lot of you feel like, oh no, right back to middle school English class. Uh, protagonist, main character, good guy, Black Panther, on the right there, T'Challa. Uh, and then the antagonist, a uh, gentleman by the name of Eric Killmonger, which is the gentleman there uh, on the left. These two people essentially want the same thing. They have the same goals. What's interesting is that how they go about dealing with trying to achieve that goal. This is a continuation of what Pastor John spoke about last week. John's main point last week was how we deal with our hurt determines our hope. How we deal with the things that happened and have happened to us determine how we can go forward in the future. Makes sense. Now, In this movie, you have T'Challa, good guy, protagonist, who wants to help save the world. He wants to help uh, fix the disenfranchised people in the world and mostly in his country and is finding out how wisdom leads him into relationship with people guided by the deep passion for community that's shown throughout the film. And then on the other side, you have Killmonger, the gentleman with the swords. He's an ex-soldier whom you find out has ties to Wakanda as well, but actually grew up in a really tough part of Oakland. And uh, his past has forced him to fight for everything that he has because of the absence of wisdom in his life growing up. He's been taught that the way to achieve his goals is through a brute show of force. But Killmonger's goal is also to solve the oppression and problems facing disenfranchised people of the day but he wants to do it through a show of brute force and violence. As you saw in the opening clip, he's admitted to murdering, admits to lying and stealing, and basically doing whatever he needs to put himself into a position of power. He recognizes that the world is broken, so he will break the rest of it and make the world in his own image. That's how he's going to fix the world. Not through peace and community, but through doing it his own way. Now, you might have even noticed that there was a lot of Michael B. Jordan on that screen. And if you're like me, you're like, man, I need to get to the gym. Like, I need to do some sit-ups or something. But the other thing that you might have noticed beyond that uh, healthy conviction, uh, watching that clip, uh, the reason I show that is because of the marks on his body. Those aren't just decorative. Those are intentional. You see Killmonger, literally those marks represent every person that he's taken out of the world. He's literally wearing his past on him. He is the manifestation of someone who's carrying their past hurt and brokenness on them. That's what this character 
represents. And that brings me back to my original question. You ever know somebody who has a heart for something, who has a passion for something, who wants to fix something, but their brokenness and their anger has kept them from being able to move past it? Maybe that's somebody that you love. Maybe you thought of a coworker. Maybe you thought of a friend. Or maybe that's where you feel like you are today. And that's true. All of us are hurt from our past, and all of us are stuck in some way, shape, or form trying to get past it. Maybe for you, you've been hurt in a past relationship. Maybe you want a healthy relationship, you want love, but at the end of the day, you just find yourself hurting people like you've been hurt before. Maybe you were told at some point or taught by people or peoples that you were less than, that you were not good enough, not strong enough, not pretty enough, not blank enough, and you've almost wrecked yourself spending a disproportionate amount of time trying to prove everybody else wrong, trying to prove that one person wrong, much to the detriment of you and everyone else. The truth of the fact of the matter is that we are born with blessings and burdens in our life. And a lot of times, we will pass those burdens on to other people if we're not careful. We pass on our hurt to other people. Represented in various studies, I worked uh, years and years as after-school daycare, before and after-school daycare, and uh, bullies, it was the same every single time, and it's represented in studies. Bullies bully because they're they're uh, reallocating aggression that's been given to them, broken that's been, brokenness that's been given to them, they're giving it back to somebody else. This happens again and again, but it doesn't stop when we're adults. We pass that on to other people. Now, this movie can speak to all of us because we all want the same thing at our core. All of us, regardless of where we're at in life today, uh, whatever season of life we're in, uh, wherever we come from and wherever we're going right after this service, we all want the end of suffering, the cure to hurt, the protection from death, physical, emotional, or otherwise. But because we're all broken people, our hurt often affects how we lash out to those around us. And this movie is powerful because, I don't know about you, I can't always uh, see myself in a lot of supervillains. Like, some in, the, in these movies, they're like, like, right before when they think they got the superhero pinned down, they're like, this is my big plan, and then they talk for like five minutes. They're like, I'm going to blow up the moon and rule the world. And I've never really found a way to identify with that. Maybe you do, and if you do, we need to talk about that, and that's a different sermon for a different day. But the thing is... The powerful thing about Black Panther is that we can all see ourselves in Killmonger, if we're really honest. We can all see how in some way, shape, or form, we're bringing our brokenness and how it's, it's, a, it's kind of prohibited us from seeing things the way they really are and trying to make the world in our own image, trying to get past it. And so this is where the Bible comes in. This is where wisdom comes in. And this is where the book of Proverbs comes in. So um, feel free to take out your Bibles. We got some over there. We got some back there. Um, and you can look it up on your phones. If you want to know some good apps, I will give you some suggestions. Uh, but you can also just Google Proverbs chapter 10. Proverbs chapter 10. Now, the thing is, in our scripture reading verse for the day, uh, you see an example of a collection of verses uh, maybe Bree felt this way when he was reading it, that can feel a little bit like you're reading from a list of fortune cookies. Like, 
if we're, if we're just brutally honest for a second, they don't really seem to have that much to do with each other. And they, all, they often use outdated-sounding language or metaphors that's difficult to apply in our everyday life. Sometimes you're like, okay, I'm going to apply the Bible to my life. Here I go. And then you look at it, and you're like, what is, what is this? For example, from our verse today, uh, chapter 10, verse 5, I'll put it on the screen so you can see it. Uh, he who gathers crops in summer is a prudent son, but he who sleeps during harvest is a disgraceful son. Like, okay. I'm going to apply this to my life, and I'll gather crops prudently when it's hot outside. Like, as a non-farmer in 2019, uh, I'll do that, I guess. I don't know. Like, what does that have to do with me? But then you get a verse like the next one. If we go to the next verse, we'll actually read this one together. Blessings crown the head of the righteous, but violence overwhelms the mouth of the wicked. This is essentially the movie in a nutshell, the wisdom in this movie. We're actually going to spend some time focused on, the, on one of those outdated sounding words that's often difficult uh, to apply to our own lives. There's this word um, that we read a couple of different times, that Bree read a couple of different times in our verse this morning, that is translated from the original Hebrew language as the word righteousness or righteous. There's only two times we hear the word righteous in our lives. It's from surfers, and it's from Christians. And Christians love to use this word a lot. But even those of you who grew up in church, if I were to challenge you to give me a really clean definition of righteousness, you might have some trouble if I put you on the spot, because it's a really complicated thing. Like, what does righteousness even mean? Everybody say the word usedica. Usedica. It's very fun once you get it down. You can just like keep saying it on the way home. Just gonna be driving at a stoplight, just saying usedica. The word and its other forms come from the word sedic, and it and it's used all over the Old Testament, oftentimes by prophets who are, who are the people who speak the truth on behalf of God. And the th- funny thing is, instead of being translated as righteous or righteousness, other times that it's used in the Bible because it's used a lot, it's translated to different words like honesty or justice, or merit, or vindication. And all of those words seem a little bit different to me from each other, so you can tell that this word is a little difficult to pin down. But if we look at where righteousness is used in the Bible to describe things, we know that the word righteousness is used next to blessing. We know that the word righteousness is used next to good deeds, people doing good for each other. We know that the word righteousness is used to describe the fixing of broken things. The fixing of broken things and putting them back the way that they should be. Essentially, we can understand this word righteousness as the state of things being put back together. Righteousness is things being put back together and made whole again. Which I don't know about you, but that sounds pretty good to me. I could, I could use a little bit of that. Because as a church, that's what we're endeavoring to do. We're not trying to put on a show, although we have show-worthy musicians, show-worthy production, you know, like we have the talent and everything to do that. But this church isn't meant to be a show. It's not trying to make everybody like feel better for an hour before they have to go back and like figure out how they're going to like survive this week. 
I'm glad if church is an escape for you, but it's meant to be something a little bit more. Indeed, this whole thing, this is the reason, thinking about this sermon this week, I kind of came to the realization that this really is essentially why I do what I do and why I've endeavored to put my life in this, all my eggs in this basket, is that we want to partner with Jesus in putting everyone and everything back together and making things whole again. Notice I didn't say we do it, but that's who our God is. That's who our Jesus is. And we get to partner with him in putting things back together. That's our goal. That's what we want to do as a church there in a nutshell. And we do it a lot of different ways. We have these things called local missions partners. Um, with local missions partners, we, uh, these are, we don't have to reinvent the wheel. We don't need like the Hope Food Pantry because we have excellent food pantries all across uh, Des Moines that are doing great things. And so we partner with organizations and nonprofits that are doing great stuff. And we have Serve Saturdays is a great example. We're actually having another one on June 22nd. Uh, we're going to go over to Bidwell Riverside Center, which gives food and clothing to people who might not be able to get it otherwise. We're going to sort donations. We're going to go there, and we're going to show up and try to help. Our Lenten project, Hope Lives Here, people from this church, not just this location, but the other six campuses, donated enough money to revolutionize a neighborhood. And it's not just about donating money. This fall, we are going to show up to that neighborhood just blocks from here to like get our hands dirty, to, to help revolutionize some of these homes and rebuild some of these lives that really, really need it, that might not be able to get there otherwise. We're trying to make, we're, trying, we're partnering with Jesus, Jesus using his church, not this building but this people, to make things whole again. That's righteousness. There's also this program. We also do it through programs. Um, you've heard me talk about this program, WizKids, before. Um, I love WizKids, and I know there are people here that, that work with WizKids. Basically, every Thursday during the school year, uh, kids come from a few blocks, uh, several blocks north of here, from the Oak Ridge neighborhood, most of which are refugee families. Uh, come in, and these kids have seen things that you, uh, most of us in here and myself uh, hope to never see. More things that they, I would ever want to put on anyone. But what they do is they come here and they show up to not just get food, although they get food. Not just to like play games, although we do that. Not just work on reading programs so they can stay up in school because these kids are learning their third language. Although we do do that too. They keep showing up because they know that they're loved here. This fun thing happened uh, on Holy Week, you know, getting ready for Easter. It's Friday. And, you know, you can get, sometimes it's easy to, like, lose, like, what, uh, what day of the week it is. And so the, a kid, some kids showed up because they thought it was Thursday. And they walked, and it was not nice out that day. And they walked the several blocks all the way down. We're talking about, like, 10-year-old. Walked all the way down because she was afraid that she missed the bus. You go and pick them up in that, in that big bus up there. She was afraid that she missed the bus because she couldn't imagine not making it to WizKids. And the reading is great and the games are great and the food might be the only stable meal that a lot of those kids get every week. But the reason that they keep coming back and will walk here in rain and snow and for VBS they'll walk here in 112 degree weather is because this is a place where they find wholeness. This is a place where 
people like you are helping put broken things back together again. Not they're broken, but they've experienced brokenness. And we're helping reintroduce wholeness to their lives through the love of Jesus. Because that's what we all want, is wholeness. This wholeness, this not brokenness, this righteousness. And we can all, this, is, this brings us back to our movie Black Panther. We are all either trying to, one, put brokenness back together, or two, what we're trying to do is pretend that we already are. <laughs> we're trying to pretend that we're putting things, we're trying to pretend that things are already put back together, or we're trying to put broken things back together, acknowledging that they're not perfect. Now, we can all fall into one of these categories, and neither of these characters are perfect. If you want to throw, uh, throw the Black Panther slide up there one more time. T'Challa is accused, unfortunately, of... Uh, Killmonger thinks he's not doing enough. He thinks that he's off in his ivory tower um, and has maybe ignored the hurt of the rest of the world because of all that he has. And he's partially right. And he admits to that. You can have T'Challa, who sometimes uh, tries to pretend that everything's fine outside of his own door. And we all struggle on the other side with Killmonger trying to make the world more whole through self-serving means and trying to put things back together. But true wisdom, this thing that we're talking about that is given to us in this book of Proverbs, this thing that we've been talking about through all of these movies, why I say any of this today, leads us to righteousness. This wisdom leads us to wholeness, which is another way to say that wisdom leads us to the way that things are supposed to be. Because wisdom leads us to Jesus, and Jesus makes us whole. Now, real quickly, there, when you see righteousness in here, a lot of the word that's opposite of it is this word wickedness, which like, sounds a little like fantastical, I think, sometimes. But uh, it's this word ratio. And the way that ratio is also translated is sometimes is also translated as selfishness or isolation. Think about that for a second. Wisdom makes you whole in community, wickedness isolates you in selfishness. With wisdom, you're with community. With wickedness, you're alone. Jamie Richards, who is the young adult minister here or at, uh, at uh, Hope West Des Moines, uh, she's the young adult minister there, she came and preached at Revive a couple of weeks ago and said that knowledge leads to uh, under, head understanding intellectual understanding, but wisdom leads us to relationship and community. If you're ever wondering if something's truly wise or not, how is it leading you to affect people around you? That's my question. So wisdom has to do with how we live with other people. Now, you might ask to yourself, where does God have to do with this? Like, Chris, can't I just, like, follow my own truth and, like, like live my best life and, like, follow the conventional wisdom of the day, which changes a whole lot? Uh, where does Jesus fit into all of this? The whole endeavor to follow the truth, the true wisdom of Proverbs that we've been talking about this month, the truth present in the word of God, means that we also follow the embodiment, the manifestation of that word in the person of Jesus. Jesus was the manifested form of what this wisdom really looks like. The reason Jesus is important is wisdom essentially put on skin and bone to show us how to live our lives. 
And constantly throughout the Bible, Jesus broke out of the mold and brought this righteousness, this wholeness to those who were used to being broken characters in the world around them. And Jesus' grace is the thing that brings that to him. Just, to, just some examples real quick of Jesus bringing people into wholeness, because I don't think you believe me. Uh, Jesus met a gentleman by the name of Matthew. He was a tax collector, and he was never supposed to talk to righteous religious people, because essentially for his job, he ripped people off. Jesus came into relationship with him, introduced righteousness or wholeness, put him back together, and all of a sudden, he was a disciple. Jesus met a woman by the well. She was an outcast of her community because she uh, didn't follow the rules of the day. She was in a lot of terrible relationships, and she was the focus of all the gossip. So she kind of hid herself away from everybody else. She was so isolated, and then she met Jesus, and Jesus restored her to wholeness with the rest of her town. Might have heard of the guy that we already mentioned, Paul. He used to be named Saul, and he was essentially a mobster. He just killed Christians. But then he met Jesus, and Jesus restored him to wholeness using the goodness that God blessed him with, his mind. And he wrote most of the New Testament. That's what relationship with Jesus looks like. The embodiment of wisdom leads us to this wholeness, this righteousness. Jesus wants to enter into true relationship like that with us too. Wants to make us whole in our broken places. And he wants us, he wants to use us to do that for each other as well. So my question this week for us, because this isn't just something you go, wow, that made me think this weekend, and then I went on and went to Trader Joe's and it was fine. Like, my question for you, and think about this, if you're a tweeter, tweet this one. Like, what week, what way this week can you step into wholeness pursuing God's righteousness? What does that one step look like for you this week? What wisdom have you been ignoring? What ways have you been passing that hurt, that brokenness of your past on to somebody else? Instead of following the wisdom of God, because God wants to heal you from that today. I'm bold enough to say that I think God is good enough that he wants to do that. And that next step can look really different from all of us. I know a lot of this has been very like intellectual whatever, but here's some brutally honest practical steps for us. Maybe for some of us here, maybe this is for somebody in here, maybe you need to take that next step and go to counseling for the way that you deal with stress because it's anger and that's what you were handed when you were younger. Maybe you finally need to send that message of apology of so to someone that you hurt badly because you're still harmed from that relationship and then all that stemmed from the way that you'd been hurt before. Maybe for you, it's not, it's not just parents. It's not anything, like, it's not just like how your family has done stuff. Maybe you just need to stop and learn a better pace of life. Maybe you need to learn how to model better priorities. My entire life, I have been frustrated with slow things. I don't know if it's obvious to anybody who, you know, whether you're in the lobby, uh, upstairs, or, or right here in front of me, I don't stand still. Uh, I, I have been frustrated by slow things my entire life. And I, I've mentioned plenty of times before, I, I struggle with clinical anxiety. And uh, I am so tired of people say to me, man, you just need to find a better pace of life, you know? And I'm like, I don't have, that's great. I don't have time for that. <laughs> you see, that's just like what lazy people say, right? Like, let's move slower. It's because you can't go fast, right? 
the two things that I've learned from society as I was growing up, the two things that I learned from a society was that if I wanted to be impressive and successful, I needed to do two things. I needed to go fast and I needed to go alone. That's what it meant to be impressive and successful. Those are the lies that I have in my life. I needed God's wisdom to do something different for me. Because the truth of the matter is, if you don't slow down, sometimes you get slowed down, you know, by the state troopers or by life. <laughs> what are your lies? Where does wisdom need to enter your life? Where can you use some of that and lead you to wholeness this week? And then where can you jump into community, what we were made for? Maybe it's a life group, maybe it's a class, maybe it's a young adult service here at 7 p.m. on Tuesday evenings. You knew I'd get the plug in. Because once we start the never-ending process of walking through life with the embodiment of wisdom, walking with Jesus during our every day, then God uses us to bless others. We're partnering with God to bring his righteousness, his wholeness to all of us. That's where wisdom leads us. It leads us to Jesus, and Jesus makes us whole. We'll have prayer partners here afterwards that'll help you process through that after the service if you need it. And Black Panther in our movie learned uh, where he needed to change. T'Challa learned what he needed to do and to follow wisdom. And it's easy to see in the end how he faced that brokenness in his past and turned around and used it to bless others. Let's take a quick look. In case you didn't catch it, they're asking... What does a nation of farmers have to do? How could they bless the world? And they're just like, you don't even know. <laughs> because the truth is, maybe you have been stuck in brokenness for so long, the people around you don't even know the blessings that you have to give. So our invitation is to step into that this week. Follow the wisdom that T'Challa spoke, is that we're better together. We're made for community. So take a step towards that this week. Take a step into following that wisdom to God's righteousness, which makes us whole. Amen. This, is, uh, this isn't just something that we sing about. The invitation here in this final song is to worship a God that wants to make us whole. No matter where we are in life, no matter what we've done, no matter what's been done to us or through us, we worship a God whose love pursues us no matter what? So let's stand and let's worship that God together.